Okay, everyone. Hello. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy 2022, whatever that is. And um, welcome to the show. I'm very excited today um, to have an amazing guest on, one of the you know ones I'm most excited for ever. It's the Conspiracy Music, oh, sorry, Conspiracy Music Guru. I'm so excited I can't get my words out. How are you doing, Alex? <laughs> I'm all right, mate. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year, if, uh, if you believe it's the New Year, but we'll get into that maybe. But uh, thanks for having me on. Cheers. Uh, just to let everyone know, you're wearing the headphones because we had a technical issue. It's not your preferred choice. No, I feel like I look like Mickey Mouse. They're terrible things, aren't they, these things? But, uh, you know, we'll suffer it, I suppose. I uh, had a bit of an echo. So anyway, thanks very much for coming to the show. I've been a big fan of your work ever since your first video way back when, Don't Believe in Gravity, I think it was. And I've been listening yeah. to a few of your interviews. And it was quite interesting in just how kind of Flat Earth Man just kind of came to be spontaneously almost. You had the idea for the song and then you went to the studio and the character came out. But just before we get to that, can we talk about your history and then, like, you weren't writing songs before and what made you make the transition from kind of being playing in the bars to then writing this kind of music? I think, uh, yeah, I did my apprenticeship playing in the, playing in the bars and the clubs and, uh, you know, doing that, just, just playing to four people or playing to ten people and nine of them were drunk and, you know, well, I've, I've done my apprenticeship doing that. And... Um, and then I moved to Spain, and I, I was starting on my awakening journey in, in sort of 2012, a couple of years after I, I moved to Spain, and then uh, I started having, you know, just looking at stuff, really, just researching stuff, and just just trying to find out a little bit more of who I am, why I am, where I am, where we are, all these big big questions that you think have no answers. So I started sort of on the journey, so to speak, and. Um, when I when I discovered some stuff that here I were here I was with with, with this information that I I, I could uh, I could finally put into music you know no longer was I singing songs about uh, breakups and love and all of that sort of stuff which is you know to me now that's all really tepid boring sort of stuff now I've got all this information I can actually you know make a noise a song and dance about it literally that's what I wanted to do I had all this information it was like this 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 creative burst and I wanted to get it out there. And um, but as we discussed before we came on air, like I, I used the character to sort of hide behind in a way. I created a character because the stuff I was singing about was so woo woo, so far out there, you know, you know that um, there's no way that I was going to do it seriously. I had to, you know, hide behind that layer of comedy or hide behind a character. So it was a good, effective way of getting that music out. So, um, yeah, I started looking into the, the globe lie, the conspiracy that the globe might just be, you know, not, you know, where we live is not quite uh, what they tell us and it just absolutely blew my mind and I, I ended up writing a song in my phone called Flat Earth Man and um, I got that poem in huh? who, who was the first kind of person then was it Eric Dubai and uh, Sergeant Mark Sergeant because they were the early ones of the Flat Earth kind of thing yeah that... this was yeah this was around 2016 when I was looking at those and in fact the very first video that I watched was um, a video called They Are Hiding God with the Biggest Secret and because uh, I was being offered the flat earth videos and of course I was going, what a, what a load of nonsense, who believes that crap? Why, why is YouTube offering me flat earth, you know, fuck off with that stuff. And then, but of course, this other title was very intriguing to me. They are hiding God with the biggest secrets. Like, what? Okay, that's interesting. So I listened to that and uh, it turned out to what we now know is uh, Mark Sargent's flat earth clues. And uh, after the two hours of watching that, he sowed the seed and that was enough. You know, and then, of course, YouTube was offering, you know, and now I knew what the Flat Earth was like. Okay, Flat Earth is not so fucking stupid. Let's have a little bit more, let's have a little bit more information on that topic. And I just kind of, it was a bit of a, an addiction, really. It was, it was so fascinating to me. 
so, so fascinating to me. Now I knew that it wasn't this ridiculous, stupid tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Now that I actually knew there was some meat and bones to it, I was like, wow, this is just, this is just blowing so what, my mind. What, what, what kind of things made you think that then, just for an audience who may not be aware of this um, idea of fire, who might think it's still ridiculous, what things in particular can you remember saying, oh, first of all, your eyes, you know, you look around you, you go, fire, actually, it doesn't seem like we're moving, you know, if you just logically... Think of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, those feelings for me came a little bit later, but for, for, for me to understand that NASA was faking it, we get all of our information, all of our space and cosmological information from, from this, this one organisation that's been around for how long, and they get ridiculous amounts of, you know, just ridiculous fun, funding. Like a million dollars a day or something again. 65 million a day to show us cartoons. And once you start seeing harnesses on the ISS, and then you start reviewing the Apollo mission footages, and you like go, oh, right, okay, I get it. It was a big psyop, right? And that just blew, just, just to know that the information that we get, is all our space information is coming from NASA. Just, just to know that that can't be trusted anymore. You know, these, these guys that were funded by or started by occultists and Nazis, this, this organization, I'm, I'm to trust these guys now? Like, when all they give us is CGI and cartoons, hold on, what the fuck is going on here? So once that was kind of, you know, out of the way, like, okay, these where we get our space information from is they're clearly bullshit, they're clearly liars, Satanists and occultists. Then you go, well, hold on, let's just have a look around here. You know, you know this is, there seems to be a severe lack of curvature, you know, and we, we don't seem to be spinning and orbiting and wobbling and, and flying through this ever-expanding vacuum. It's just like, hold How on. The, this the stars stay fixed all the time, you know? There's no, like... There's no parallax, there's no parallax. Then we see the same thing over and over and over and over again, you know, but we're supposed to be like rocketing through the universe at these ridiculous speeds, but nothing changes. Everything after year after year resets, the great clock in the sky resets. Well, you even know, like the mass of water, you know, it's how big the oceans are. For them to be spinning, at, say at the equator is like a thousand miles per hour, and for no water to be flying off and be perfectly still, but yeah, you got helium balloon and that raises, but gravity keeps everything else down. But that's another lie as well, obviously. Yeah, well, I, I made a song about that called "Don't Believe in Gravity," and I touched on, you know, I touched on that that, that, that uh, this this ball is, is is able to to suck these oceans and buildings, and people are walking upside down on those, on these spinning things. But yet, birds and insects fly unaffected. Gravity <laughs> must be so selective, right? So yeah, it's just when you start actually analysing what you've been told, you're like. Okay, so this is a theory. So gravity is a bullshit, right? Um, it's just, you, you, you just believe it. You just believe everything you've been given. You just don't question it because it's coming from someone older than you, a perceived authority. You just don't question it. But when you do start questioning, your whole paradigm shatters. And for me, it's brilliant. Like, okay, I've got a new paradigm now. I've got something to sing about. I've got something to, to put into music. No more am I singing about Jenny who I broke up with or whatever. You know, it's like... Like well, I'm, th I'm singing about stuff that actually fucking matters, you know. That's that's to me. That's what I'm doing. It's funny you mentioned that because you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm I love country music, but that's because my mother, you know, brought me up with this uh, country music, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and all that. But I realised the origins of these things is actually intentional to make it small-minded stuff and to make them, these songs quite depressing and the blues Spot and all that stuff, so yeah, that we have on. that in our culture quite a lot. We could have joyous, happy amazing music out there and we feel amazing like first of all you've also it's not just your um conspiracy music guru you've also done um 432 hertz album and i've listened to a couple of tracks from that and even just wow that's an amazing experience 
just a d difference in how you're it's, it's the it. exact yeah it's i'm trying to make music which is the exact polar opposite of what the controllers want the controllers want that simple-minded music i think that's why they call blues music the devil's music because what it does is it put music into three chords like da 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 oh it's just very really simple blues music i happen to really like blues because it's because it's simple i can, I can navigate my, my way around blues because it's simple but if you cast your mind back 100 200 years ago the kind of music that the people were listening to then it's really higher minded stuff you know it's symphonic it uses like multiple musicians all all working in symphony together just making this creating such beautiful music and in the right frequency i would imagine that's incredibly moving kind of music but now we have this three chord blues stuff and r b and this it's music has been utterly utterly bastardized let alone what they're doing with the frequency and what they're doing with compressing it the music could, could have such such power if it was done correctly if it wasn't compressed if it was actually using conscious lyrics if it was actually using you know the right frequency and stuff but it is the bastardization of music it's, it's been utterly utterly screwed but of course they've screwed with it the rockefellers are all behind that change from 432 to 440 they, they funded it so you have to question that so yeah i'm trying to make music that is the polar opposite of, of, of what the controllers want and what the controller wants is, is this simple-minded uh, music, the three chord stuff, which I do use because I'm using their kind of three chorded music and their catchy chorus. I'm using that in my, my Flat Earth Man album. There, I'm using that a lot. So I'm using their system system against them, but I'm putting, I'm flooding it with, with information. You know, with truth. Uh, it may sound like a comedic kind of hick kind of album, sort of country hick sort of album. But it, if you actually know what you're listening, if you can actually listen to the lyrics, they're they're in my opinion life changing lyrics. Without a doubt, I was saying many songs I could quote, but it's one I'm coming out right now is saying the 5G one. No matter, no, ma no amount of evidence will ever convince an idiot. But the amount of information yeah. you've got packed into that song about 5G, and then you've got the you can the worker at the end kind of watching the, the football, yeah. <laughs> and it's just exactly you're up against, you know. <laughs> so you 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 get it, you get it. Most people don't will, 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 won't won't see the message that's portrayed in, in in that video and all of my videos. You know, there's so many different subliminals that you know people like you and I will catch. That's um, fine. Get go and I must say though, the amount of time and effort you must put into those videos because I do a bit of video editing myself. I've not got. I've made one video that took me a month, but the ones you do have took it to a very high level from the get go. Did, yeah. did you have those skills beforehand or did you develop them uh, as you wrote the no, song? You can, you, you, can, you, you can tell from what I've created how passionate I am about this because of, as you see, the amount of effort that goes into my, one of my music videos took me about three months, which was Space is Fake. Uh, and there's so much going on in there. There's so many different, there's so much green. I've got a green screen down here that I just pulled down. So I do a lot of green screen editing and I'm using iMovie, which came free with my Mac. It's not a, an advanced piece of software. It's really, really simple bit of software. So it's, you don't need a lot of skills. I mean, you need an imagination. You need to, you know, do music creation software, production software, logic I use. Um, so I'm not really that advanced. I'm pretty limited as a musician. But I've, you know, one thing I've got is passion. One thing I've got is, is you know, just the heart to, to, to be in the studio doing that, that stuff like every day for three months in order to get a five minute video out to show people, please, please, for the love of God, question this, what you're being told, because it's utterly changed my life. That's why I'm putting so much effort into it, because it's, it's utterly smashed my paradigm, changed my life. I have a completely different view now of who I am and what I am and where I am. And all of that so that's why i put so much passion into this just because um 
I don't know, you can't do it half-hearted, this sort of stuff. It's just really ignited a passion in me. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I wish people could see behind the scenes how much I put into it because they only see a five-minute video. They don't really see the, the guy working his ass off for three months. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just a passion. I know it's like even just to try and get a, like an audio thing to match on like a three-second clip. Sometimes it takes five minutes or something, you know, just to get that. So I can imagine the amount of takes and stuff you have to do. You know, it's not there's just so much that ends up on the cutting room floor. There's, there's so much that people don't see. So many takes that I don't use because I got the lighting wrong or the oh, it just wasn't funny when I played it back. So there's there's so much that you don't see. But uh, yeah, this is a tremendous amount that goes into it. But you know, it's creativity, and I, and, and I love that. And I love actually watching myself back after the three months. You can't help but look at it and be proud and go, ah, oh, sure, you know. Yeah. And it resonates with people. It changes people's lives. So you know, it's like. Um, a little, I'll give myself a little pat on the back after I finish the, after I finish the video and go, you know what, that could, could really help someone understand the things that I believe I understand, you know. Well, to me, you know, to say pride is one of the seven deadly sins, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with being proud of doing something you're passionate about that's actually out there with the purpose you've got behind it, you know, and saying, well done, because this is what we have to do. To, the idea is to bring heaven to earth. And to me, it's like being godly is the imagination and making that manifest in this in this world, you know, and we can have a heaven and earth here. I think one of your songs ends with "Everyone is special," and um, maybe I don't know what it was. The NASA training's kind of stopping everyone from thinking that because we're just insignificant, you know. But if we're in a flat mm -hmm. earth in the center of the world. We're all special. We've all got talents, and your efforts should be inspiring others to go and do their thing. It might not be music, but it could be something even growing food locally in the, in the community or whatever. I hope so. Food. I hope it does that. I, I hope people, you know, have the same sort of, because the journey I've been on has been tremendous, like waking up to this stuff and putting it into creativity. And I hope it does inspire other people to do. I mean, you don't have to be a musician. I mean, you don't even have to be a musician to make music. You can be a, you can just get some uh, production software and drag and drop some samples. And yeah, my, just, son's you know, my son makes amazing music. Yeah, you, you I mean you can just put a voiceover. So you can do anything. I mean, if you're a welder, you know, weld something. Why don't you weld the A map or something? Do a big, I don't know. There's something. Or if you're a florist, I'm sure you could do something with flowers. It would be amazing. I'm sure you could contribute in some creative way. Um, but this is just my way of expressing what I'm what I'm learning. I'm sure other people have their ways. If you're an accountant, do some do a do an incredible spreadsheet with the Earth curvature calculation. Do something incredible. That it's funny, I mentioned this book to you. The, one of the authors, Dawn, um, the book I've got on here. I she was an accountant, so she spent ten years to research that. So that's what an accountant wow. can do. <laughs> There you go. See, that's see, that's what she's done. She's she's come to these understanding, and now she's got that's a product of her research. The yeah. products of my research are in this album and in this album, and I haven't got the other one. But yeah, that's just that's just how creativity flows, and it, that energy has to go somewhere, right? And then yeah. she's got a book. That's great. I actually do have the other album, the live one you're talking about, but I couldn't buy the, that flat earth one. It wasn't available. Is it available now? Yeah, I had the trouble. The CD, you mean the physical CD? Yeah. Oh, it might have sold out then. I'll have to I'll have to restock them then. Um, because I, I was playing one in the car, and um, it was so I got the live one. But the live one, can you what tell us a wee bit about the gig? Do you do many gigs? And that was quite a big audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you said that. Right, you know that's not a live album. All oh, right, okay. Because there's a there's a picture not... of you with a big audience and whatnot. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a picture. Is it real? Uh, very good. It's not real. 
Right, okay. That's the, that's that's one of the points I was trying to make with the album. It's called Suspiciously Live and Unplugged. Oh, right, okay. It's Suspiciously. <laughs> okay, right. right. Uh, so that was made entirely in my studio. Right. The voices that you hear at the end of that album with everybody singing along to, I don't want to talk about NASA. You can hear an audience there all singing along. Sure, there's a, an apparent, <laughs> There's an apparent audience there, but it's not. I recorded myself probably a hundred times doing a hundred different voices to replicate an audience that was singing along with me. So I'm singing in the studio, I don't want to talk about NASA. I don't want to talk about NASA. Doing as many different um, sounds as I could into a microphone to create that audience that makes it sound like they're singing along with me. Right. And I, of course, added in loads of applause and whistles and blah, blah, blah. It sounded like a real gig. You thought it was a real gig. I, right. I just got the CD chucked in my car. As far as I was concerned, it was a real gig, you know? So Yeah, well, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm here to tell you it wasn't. That's why it's called Suspiciously Live and Unplugged. And it's, again, it's, again, it's another, it's another it's kind of indication that people shouldn't believe everything that they see here listen you know so so, the, so there you go so it, it was all done in the studio there was no live gig there was no audience singing along with me it was basically me getting i don't know it was um uh, i don't know probably a lot of ego driven really because that's the kind of gig i want to do you know the way everybody's just like really receptive and singing along and i know that will never happen one because i don't really like gigging that much i certainly don't like traveling especially at the moment i kind of get i kind of I can uh, reach more people from the comfort of my own home. So gigging is probably off the table for me. So I'm just, you know, I, I've done the gig. I, I certainly could. I've reached millions of people on my YouTube channel. That's an amazing thing for me. I couldn't have reached millions of people had I done the gig circuit. I can reach more people without having to bump into drunken assholes. Do you know what I mean? So I choose, I choose my home, you know. And it's very difficult these days because most audiences... Most people, unfortunately, are not in a position to really get what you what you do to the level it needs to be got. Because seriously, I can't think of anyone in the world that's putting out the kind of stuff you're doing to the level you're doing it as a whole package. So and, and the four three two hertz music into that. So as far as I'm concerned, you're totally groundbreaking and out there on your own. Thank you, um, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. But basically, it'd be amazing. If we, like I want to do comedy to an awakened audience, but because really. I preach the converted do live streams every night. You really want to get to the other people, but they're the ones that want to listen to a word you say, you know? So you have to get a preach the converted. It'd be nice to do a gig, maybe with lots of your fans, but they could bring on a few stragglers, you know? But I, most of them be there for you. But as you say, it's hard to get that, especially these days. Yeah, yeah, especially these days. I mean, I, I get a lot of requests to do gigs, and uh, people say, can you come here? And I'm just like, no, I, don't, I can't think of anybody. I, I did a gig in Denver, Colorado, in 2000. 2018 or 2017 and that's really stressed the hell out of me not only going to america was just the jet lag and just the i, I, I you know I, i'm not i get quite anxious before a gig and it's like i get stressed and so i went it cost an awful lot of money as well you you i hate traveling as it is uh so that whole experience for me was like oh didn't make any money it cost me thousands to travel like, just to get this message out and i gave away 500 cds didn't charge for them so I came back really poor financially and I came back really poor health-wise. I was utterly stressed and I'm like, this is not the way. And I was just really singing to 600 people and preaching to the choir. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I, I really, um, I can reach more people doing, doing it here, you know, and um, it makes more sense. I think that's the way forward. Which um, part of Spain are you living in? 
Northern Alicante. Uh, best best move I ever made moving from England because. Um, well, I hate the weather in England, right? You must uh, resonate well, with that a little bit, being a Scotsman. I lived in Turkey for 12 years. Ah, beautiful. I just came back beautiful. a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, I do miss the shorts and T-shirt lifestyle. <laughs> I, lo I love it. I mean, today, this afternoon, uh, or before before, uh, before I came on, like, for a couple of hours, I was sitting in my naya, they call it. It's like a conservatory, but uh, it's like part of the villa that I have. And uh, I'm facing the sun. I'm, I'm literally sunbathing like two hours be before I came on. So, you know, <laughs> having the sun around this time of year is so alien in Scotland and in the UK. You know, it's just like to be able to sunbathe with with a pair of shorts in at this time of year. It's like what a, what what a gift that is. I mean, we have about three hundred between three hundred and three hundred and twenty days of sunshine a year in this particular part of Spain where I live, and they call it one of the healthiest places to live in the world because of its microclimate. Um, so it doesn't get too hot, it doesn't get too cold. It's just, it's just, it's a chasm apart from the UK. That pissy, pissy grey weather. Every fuck, it's like that. That was driving me crazy. That was because I love the sun. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love Spain. Um, if you can just ignore the tyranny for five minutes, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So what made you go out there? And like, I was wondering if you got the studio and house set up and then do you need to work and pay the bills or is, are you paying the bills with conspiracy music guru because no that, that, no god no that doesn't pay the bills i wish it did i mean if <laughs> independent musicians independent artists struggle enough you know uh, with being independent without being signed to a label let alone the ones like me that are singing about flat earth and conspiracies do you think you know we, we're getting censored like fuck so there's no way that's i do make a bit of beer money from it and i do sell a few C, uh, cds and t-shirts so that's nice but my bread and butter is uh, actually ringtones i have a ringtone business and i make catchy little ringtones for iphone i'm very good at doing catchy stuff so um i make i pay the bills with that that's my bread and butter how so much, i already had that how much time a week does that take up how, many, again, how many hours a week does do you do that like does it take up a great deal of your time or no, not so much anymore, because once you make the content, and I made the content I, uh, over a couple of three years, I made thousands and thousands of ringtones uh, over a few years, developed and built up this business and when there was a demand for it. And I still have the content there that people will buy. So it's, it's like, uh, it makes me money in my sleep, really. There's probably someone in China right now downloading one of my ringtones, which is really nice. So I already have that online income. So once you've got an income that's, uh, that's a, like a digital income, like you're making it online, you don't have a product, you don't have a warehouse, you don't have to use posting and packaging up. I'm literally selling digital music. It's like selling thin air in a way. So once you're doing that, you can actually do that from anywhere in the world. Once we realize we have mobility here with this business, yeah. we thought, why the fuck are we working in the UK in the pissing rain when there's somewhere really sunny where we, where we could do it? So that was kind of our way of thinking. We went on holiday to Spain and thought, wow, this is really nice. We could work here. Let's do it. So... That was about seven years ago, and it's the best move we made. When you say we, is that you and your current wife? Yes, yes, me and my wife, yeah. She's uh, very understanding. She has to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a, a girlfriend um, a couple of years ago, and she was in Conspiracies, and the first day I mentioned the Anunnaki to her, and um, now she's quite down far down the rabbit holes, you know? <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, so you dragged her kicking and screaming with you. Yeah. She had about five six months before the covid so we we're doing freemasonic stuff and general conspiracy stuff you know it's probably watching your stuff and things like that and then covid hit so she had a bit of preparation and then they went right down there after that you know so 
Just right, so she's there. right down the rabbit hole with you, right? What about how far is she with with with, uh, with the shape of where we live? How far is, well, is she on that board? That, yeah. The only thing, what do you oh, think no, when people say flat earth, have you heard of Martin Kenny and Santos Bonacci? Especially Martin Kenny talks about like the Antarctic wall. It's like there's yeah, a toroidal, well. toroidal field around that spherical field, and that's how they get away with saying the Earth's sphere. But then outside of that, past Antarctic, there's another layer of land. That's outer space, yeah. and then there's another layer of land, and it all comes from the center going out the way in the cosmic egg. If you look yeah. at that, what do you, what do you think? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. He, he, did an, he did an incredible presentation with Norbs. Norbs well did all the graphics. Yeah. And uh, it was incredible. Uh, yeah, it was an incredible presentation, really, really um, mind expanding. You know, how, how much you could um, pin that as truth, I don't know. I do believe there are outer lands. Um, the cosmic egg theory, I don't know. Astrologically, it seems to work. I mean, he put an awful lot of work into that. Um, Martin Kenny's now in Portugal. He's, he's got this like kind of community. He's got very... Um, the Pineal Foundation. <laughs> yeah, that's it, the Pineal Foundation. He's kind of really cut himself off from society. And fair play, you know, once you understand that the, the whole life, you really want to cut away from society. Oh, but to me, that's, so he's a, doing that whole thing. that's a brilliant way to demonstrate how it can be done. And they're setting up a manifesto. Yeah. And then people, it's like they're trying to make a... A template for people to follow and i think instead of fighting the government you know because we have to realize the government are our enemy and they've infiltrated technically i don't know if you know about article 61 and how in 2001 that was implicated from the magna carta article 61 and since then there'd be no official power that the government's had until people get a redress and there's so many people telling the police and courts myself included of all this treason and they're just ignoring it so they're all like you know, total pirates in control of the fucking sinking ship or whatever. And they're just ignoring us completely with their own laws and bullshit. And everyone is the legal name. And even if you're trying to fight being the sovereign, it's quite difficult. Dude, it's so difficult. I've, I've been down that rabbit hole as well. I, I, I defended myself for three years in a copyright battle. Okay. And I did it all from the, uh, the common law standpoint, did commercial liens and everything. Right. It was probably the worst three years of my life, but I learned so much. One of the things I learned, you cannot use that common law stuff, that sovereign stuff in their courts. You can't, no. they don't recognize it. That's you have to go straight to where they recognize private international law. You have to go right to the top Supreme Court. Otherwise, you'll just, no. they, will, they will just dismiss, dismiss, yeah. dismiss every time. But the whole idea is when you do know it, you don't go into their courts and you hold them personally accountable because they're calling the legal fiction in the court and you're not the legal fiction. So if you know your paperwork and stuff, you can, you know, if you've not committed an actual crime, or oh, somebody's caused harm and as a victim, then everything else is statutes and legislation that doesn't actually apply to you. Yeah, yeah. So basically, if you know who you are and you know how to do the paperwork, you said earlier when you go into court, it's a game and it's all its legal yeah. game, fictions. All it's, it's why they call it court. They're battering over to you. You're battering to them. Then it's another question and then a question. It is. It is literally a game, and they use their own even they use their own language. So you don't even know what they're saying. You know, most of the time when they say the word must, you must do this, you must do that, must, must, must. Okay. Look up the legal definition of must. It means maybe, maybe not. Okay. You know, people don't realise that. And there's so many, like uh, you were saying earlier, as asking, as king, and as king and uh, understand and all of these kind of things. It's just like, you, you've got to, well, you're telling me I've got to learn a whole new law and a new language as well to going and, and do battle with you? Fuck that. Yeah, that's why you want to stay at their courts as, in, as much yeah. as possible. Yeah, uh, well, that's, I, I do. I, 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 I have, I'm now of the opinion that I'm just keeping my head low because I've, I've tried to battle with these people. But once you realise that the, the barristers, the judges, they're all 
playing this demonic, yeah. uh, symbolic, ritualistic game with the robes and the way the judge sits like three feet higher than you. That's because, because he's bigger and no, that's because it's perceived authority. It's also because it's on a different plane. There's a really interesting episode, The Happy Days, where they demonstrate how a court works. There's a guy called Mark Christopher who does things about the live life claim and stuff like that. And they demonstrate how the judge is on a different plane and for it was Fonzie or something. He had to go and touch the judge's table and then that brings him into the same plane. So he's not actually hearing anything he's saying, you're saying. Wow. He's also got the wig on and that covers their evil thoughts up from God, you know? And, oh and it's the wolf in sheep's clothing with the wigs as well. And they wear black because they're honouring the dead because you're the dead legal fiction sitting there in the dock. And here's know? the other thing. Do you know that some of those wigs... Some of those wigs are made from real human hair, dead man's hair. Yeah. So there's a spiritual thing going on, an energetic yeah. thing going yeah. on in these in, in these uh, in these courthouses that not that so many of people completely unaware just goes. Yeah. The, the, the demonic energy coming out of these courts is like I mean I've been in them courts and it's just it's a frightening <laughs> demonic place to be. I mean you think of how many lives they've ruined in those courthouses. Every single day, and it's like a it's like a slaughterhouse. Bring them in, bring them in, slaughtered, slaughtered. There's your life ruined. There's your life ruined. Next case, next case, your life ruined. Yeah. It's, well, just, here, it's here, disgusting. Here's here me when I was 17. So I got a, a car, went through to Falkirk. I had about 20 mile drive home. I had a couple of vodkas. I went to my mate's house. I said, Could I stay the night? He said, No, you can't. I was like, Some mate, anyway. I was driving back just before I got the motorway. One of my headlights was on side light, the other one was on main beam. Please stop me, just a bit over the limit. That's me into the cells. Next week, I'm getting in the court. Lost my license for a year. Had to move from one thing town to another. Like technically, I shouldn't have been drink driving, but there was no victim. There was no crime. Yeah, there's and, no crime. You know, I had basically it could have destroyed my life. I had to leave home when I was 18, basically, and all kinds of shit happened for there. But I don't know if it was good or bad. Made me grow up quick. But anyway, that's the kind of thing that happens. Even the um, speeding fines and parking fines and bus lane fines. Oh, this is no no victim, but they're totally getting revenue from it. If it's like they could use another deterrent, like do the shopping for an old people, you know, help the care home for a week or something like that, you know? It's a business. It's a business. Yeah. That's all it is. Right. That's why rich people can just do what they want. They they could just pay the fine, pay the fine, pay the fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's just just it's business, really, isn't it? It's uh... oh, and it's disgusting. <laughs> and there's a free Masonic element as well these days of. If you are a business and trying to succeed, I know people that had their business destroyed because they weren't a Freemason, even though their business was better at doing the service than the one that was a Freemason, you know? So there's so much of that goes on in society. Join the club and people get offered it. And obviously the right ones get promoted. Like I was just thinking, Tony Blair popped in my head there, how he's been nominated for a sir. You know, these people in politics as well, the sportly ones with the psychopathic personality tendencies get them into the rituals and then before you know it they're a living demon <laughs> and uh, you hear about Tony Blair getting nominated for a sir you know yeah I know because there's there's petitions uh, that are trying to strip him of his knighthood and all that going around and you know I, I just don't see any point in that because it what it will be you know it's not like we've ever had any accountability for these people yeah. for these war criminals but I think Obama get the peace prize as well no, it's another joke. I mean it, it's, it's a fucking joke isn't it the whole thing I mean it's not like you know Hillary is ever going to be brought to trial or I mean is Ghislaine is is there any yeah. uh, is that even happening because all we've been all we've really been given is a bunch of fucking drawings. Right, really? So, I mean, I question that. 
well, here was the one. Somebody said, like, all she said when she got given the thing was she leaned forward and took a, a, a glass of water. And somebody done a, like, a numerology for glass of water, and it was 47. And that's the exact angle that the Freemasonic, um, you know, the square and compass is at. So you don't know if you're doing these symbols all the time. You're talking through. I, I believe they are. Talking it's through. What, they, they, when you go looking into the symbology, there's always something that comes up. Like, is, is it all so coincidence? I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, we, is she really? Is anybody really being held accountable for for, no. for, for these for these crimes? No, I don't think so. Because it's never really happened, is it? Um, we don't see any accountability, so I don't see why we're going to be seeing any accountability now. Um, we, we we're told that oh, she's been. I don't know. We'll, we'll, let's see how the thing with Prince Andrew uh, unfolds. But uh, do, you know, I got do, you think, do you not think that all news is like theatre? It's like a complete theatre show. What completely? Talking, you know, one hundred percent. That's exactly how I see it. It's a cartoon, isn't it? It's just like when you can see the narrative. I mean, what was the other one that really made me chuckle the other day? They've um, they've found the, they've <laughs> discovered the first case of the combined flu and the corona. They've called it fluorona. Have you seen the fluorona variant? <laughs> it's just like, come on, this is like, it's like, this is now. It's like, oh, who's making this shit up? Like, it's, uh, it is. It's just all theatre. It's utter theatre. What's your view on the, you know, the virus? Did you basically know from the start it was bullshit? Basically, I see yeah. Wuhan, people falling down. I thought, hey, it's 5G or something like that. There's no way it's a virus. Then I discovered Don and David then. It was like telling people from the get-go, no contagion, no virus. But how did you kind of um, wake up to it? I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't first jump on the whole there's no contagion. At the time when the COVID narrative was being, spat, was being spat, it was like I didn't understand what contagion was there. I, I knew it was bullshit. Absolutely, I knew. Did you know about that point before that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was always, I was, I was relatively woke, you know, to yeah. use that word uh, before, before. So I was pretty armed, you know. I'd already been looking into the lies of NASA, and I knew that big fucking lies were possible. Right? <laughs> I knew on, on a grand scale, on a massive scale, I knew that big lies. I knew that that was possible. So when this narrative came along, I was like, here we go. I know this is bullshit. Yeah. I didn't know anything about contagion, but yeah. when you start looking into the narrative, and you like you, you mentioned uh, uh, Andrew Kaufman yeah. and uh, the exosomes and all of that, and when you start really understanding the contagion and germ theory, like oh my god, that's another one they fucked us with germ right. theory. Like oh my god, what a huge, huge like so now. Evolution theory, germ theory. <laughs> I, it's amazing that some of this stuff is so amazing because now I feel absolutely comfortable walking in a room full of. 30 or 40 or 50 people that have all got snotty noses and colds and I will happily kiss every single one of those people and no, I'm absolutely fine because I know that contagion doesn't work that way. Exactly. Like we detox, well, that's what a virus is. Yeah. Right? And, and that is so powerful to know that information. So well, if anything, the COVID narrative for me has been like actually a real paradigm shatterer for me. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's how you handle this information, isn't it? I think, uh, but for me, it's been so empowering. Well, this is what I think is happening with the COVID. It's so obvious bullshit, and it's woke me up to basically, you know, learning about <clears throat> no contagion, and you are then responsible for your own health. It's, people should be celebrating. It's like, oh, I can't catch things from other people. Then it's up to you what you put into your own body. So people don't actually like that responsibility. They would rather blame someone it's else. Hard. You know? Oh, it's it, it's, it's quite hard, but once you realise you, you're responsible, like, because we've always given our, our, our power over, because like, I'll just put what I want in my body. If I get sick, I'll go to him and he'll sort it out. That's what we do. We give our power away. As soon as we're, I'm like, okay, so I have to be responsible now. So I'm like, 
okay, there goes alcohol. Right? And then you start learning about wheat and bread and how demonic wheat is. You're like, oh, fuck, I can't eat bread again. It's like, and then you, you go, like, oh, what, what can... And then like, I've got this huge responsibility to have smoothies and like, abstain from it. I like a drink, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, so like my habits have changed completely. It's been very, very empowering in a way. Yeah, oh, this is the start, I believe, of it's like a, almost a gift because once you learn how your body works and your nutrition works and what you put into your body, then it's not just that, it's also your thoughts. Your thoughts are things as well, and also the clothes and other things that there's dye from your clothes can go yeah. on you. I mean, that's a taking it to extremes a little bit, but essentially, there is other ways that all toxins can get in us. And another thing about toxins, while we're on the topic, you made a video called Look Up about the chemtrails. And um, you never done that as conspiracy music guru. You done that as, did we talk about this before or on air? I can't remember. Yeah, we we, no, we spoke about this before we came on, didn't we? It's just um, yeah, that was that's a, that's such a that's such a serious because that's like um, something as well coming into us, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. And the last couple of days, when we first moved to Spain about seven years ago, we were like, look at the skies. We were looking at each other and going, look, it's so clear here. Like this, because we were aware of chemtrails back in the UK, and we used to look up because these fucking bastards, these bastards. But when we came to Spain, it was like blue skies. But now, in the last, yeah. they've ramped it up. In the last few days, I mean, I can see for miles on my bed. I'm quite high up. I can see for miles. The last few days, you can't see shit. It's just this. And I've been watching. I've been really looking up and observing and watching the chemtrails dissipate. And you can tell the difference between a contrail and a chemtrail very easily yeah. if you just look up, look up, look up, as my song says. And uh, and it's just utterly disgusting to me that they are doing this. It's like the poison in of humanity, isn't it? It's like geo under the guise of geoengineering. Yeah. So I tried to. It was so shocking. I tried to to, to make a song about it. And it's unbelievable. As we said before, we came on like. How, how do you make a song about the elite dropping heavy metals from planes and poisoning humanity? How do you make a song about that as conspiracy music guru and try and make it funny? It's like we said before, try and make a song about cancer. How's that going to go down? It, it, it never goes down well, you know. Yeah. So I tried to be myself and tried to, you know, took the shades off and looked straight down the camera lens and tried to be all sort of serious about, you know. And it was a very touching song. It's a very... Um, it's called Look Up by Conspiracy Music Guru, if you want to go and look it up. It's quite a, a nice, touching story to that. But what I like but, about, just what I like about your stuff, you're very bang on the money with the things you do, like Look Up and the, the Bob Dylan one, and like I told you so. What you do is very laser-focused on the exact thing that you're, you know... It's like yeah, you, you, you have, have to, to kind of get... Because you've only got five minutes to get, a, get your point across in a song, or some of my songs are a bit longer than that, because you've only got this limited time, you have to go, right, I've got to get all this information and I've got to cram it into this five minutes. So that means every line of the song yeah. has to be truth. You have to try and get a narrative out of it and get a story, like a heartfelt story, and get all the information in there as well. It's quite tough. So, but yeah, you have to sort of basically learn. I had to sort of revisit the subject of chemtrails a little bit and learn the bullet points, right? What do I want to say? What's in this stuff? Yeah. What's it doing? Try and get it into a song. So yeah, it's basically like doing the research, getting the bullet points, putting it into a poem and trying to make it work as a song. I was going to ask, have you done specific research for each song or if it was just your general knowledge kind of came out in the paper and then maybe you've done a wee bit to fill it out? I think uh, I, I, before I make the song, I have to revisit. I mean, I've got general knowledge about gravity and general knowledge about, you know, the NASA stuff and general knowledge about uh, satellites. You know, there's a general thing there. But when you're putting it into a song, you want to put specifics 
and you want to make a, you know, want to put as much truth in every verse as possible. So you have to kind of revisit the subject and listen to a, a few more presentations and interviews on these specific subjects that someone might say, um, you know, a particular line about sat Satalunes was great, you know, it was great. It is a great word, Satalunes. So yeah, I don't know. I think I have to re revisit the subject a little bit and, um, you know, get the bullet points into a song. But yeah, it's not, it's, it doesn't just come out. There's research. There's a lot of work behind the scenes. If people think, oh, you just write it and then just do the video. You're a genius. No, I lose sleep over this stuff. Like, you know, trying to make every line as good as possible. And what am I going to do in the next scene? How am I going to position myself? And literally some of the songs I've been bending over backwards, literally bending over backwards for the truth here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it doesn't come easy. You're upside down on a couple of ones as well, you know. You're upside well, down. Well, that's camera trickery. It's, you know, you just, <laughs> well, you do it, but you yeah. go upside down on that and then you turn the camera around. I mean, all the NASA trickery, they're, they're great at it. When you understand how they do it, they don't just use one method they use. They're using harnesses, of course. They're using green screen. They're using, uh, they're, they're using um, an Argos system, which is um, uh, harness system they're using. They're using all sorts of... Uh, Underwater um, different sort of bubbles. Yeah, they yeah, of course, in the in the neutral buoyancy lab they're doing the underwater stuff as well. So there's so many ways to trick you, but um, you know, and I've looked at a lot of them and it's 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 just fascinating to me, and that's why I put that in the videos, you know, with the harnesses and making a joke out of it. Because once you see the original footage that I put in those videos, yeah, and you actually see the guy tugging on the other guy's harness like that, you're like, What did I just see? What when they watch it in the news, other people then they can't help but notice it that now because I've seen it in your video, you know. Once, once you see it, that, that was one of the big things for me. Seeing a heart, what they why are they using harnesses on the ISS? And why are they what's why are they using harnesses on the they're clearly on like this thing on the moon? It's like the guy can't pick up his tool because he's being there's tension there. He's trying, he's trying to pick his thing up like that, and he can't because he's just like, and you see it, and you're like, ah, of course, like. What a sire, but what amazing, how amazing it is to see it. But that was the, the, one of the big things for me was seeing the harnesses. That's why I made so much fun of it in a couple of my videos, like one specifically called Puppet Show, where I'm like that and literally, you know, it, it, that's what we're looking at. It's a puppet show. Right? There's also, you mentioned the lunar landing module as well, and also the phone call to Nixon. What's the line in that? So it's like, and how about that phone call that Nixon made to the moon that's a quarter million miles away? When I can't get a signal on my cell phone line, I guess phones were better in 69. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's little nuggets like that that make you go, yeah, hold on. He called the moon right. a quarter of a million miles away from a landline. Right. right, okay, yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, how we swallowed that shit is, 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 is laughable to me now. This television is obviously hypnotic, you know, I think it was made to resonate with the human brain specifically, you know, so you see young children in of it like, with, their, with their mouth open because it's just bypassing a lot. You, you try and tell people when they're watching the BBC News, they're getting told something on a conscious level, but if you understand NLP and how they use language, they're talking on subliminally and embedding so much shit just to like to make things accepted like obviously a vaccine is a good thing you know that prevents illness and they talk about it as if that's a safe and effective safe and effective Hi. is the nlp Hi. for that so, and build back better Hi. and oh, oh dude that, that's just let alone the, the 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 flicker rate that's going on and that that 60 hertz that's you know puts you into an alpha state and 
there's some deep technology behind you can google the patterns on this stuff yeah. it's mind control technology you try telling somebody that their television is a mind control device you try telling them that Try telling the NBC on the street that, yeah, oh, by the way, your television is mind control, right, right down to the technology and right down to the patterns. Yep. They're going to... Even the stuff we do before the news, it's called the 9 o'clock news, all that very, very amazingly programmed to... Get the, spirals. Yeah, yeah. the spirals. The spirals. Right. And there's globe after globe after globe after globe, like particularly in the 90s and the 80s, when, right. when, when there was always... Before the news, it was globe, globe, right. world news, globe, 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 globe. <laughs> now I see it. Fucking globe's everywhere. Yeah. You've got to get that into the school um, right off the bat, you know. You've done a good one about that in one of your videos um, about your t telling your dad what you learned in school that day because the teacher, you know, you're going to believe the teacher. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was, that was, I've done, uh, yeah, believe, don't believe in gravity. I remember when I learned in school about gravity. No, was it that one? No, no, it was, um, don't let them take your mind. That was it. Uh, well, we all believed in that spinning ball. Aye. Indoctrination blinded us all. From the very first day that we went to school, they put a globe in your face and that thing looked cool. <laughs> the teacher explained how, how it all worked. Of course, it sounded so berserk, but who was I to question it? Because I was just a tiny kid. Oh, it goes on. That's a great That's a great story. It's about a nine-minute song, that, that. Yeah, but it, it basically just goes, it, it tells a story of as soon as you go into school, yeah. globe. Yeah, as soon as you open a book, globe. As soon as you turn on the television, globe. Yeah. It's just another one of yours. I love, well, I love them all to be honest, but um, I don't want to talk about Nasser. It's just that difficulty <laughs> of getting some truth to your friends on whatever topic, you know. I don't want to talk about COVID, I don't, I don't want to talk about whatever because I'm so fucking hard. And then you get punched at the end of it as well because they're violent. If you try and wake them up out of their yeah. you know, bubble, then yeah. you get angry. <laughs> yeah, and, and that song was born, born out of. Uh, you know, an experience that I had, and a couple of experiences actually. Um, trying to tell people this stuff is really, I don't, I don't open my mouth anymore until I've really gauged the situation, <laughs> I've really gauged, you know, uh, because I learned from, from trying to, just trying to, you just come straight out with flat earth. This is no, you just come straight out with moon landing, Apollo hopes. People are just going to, Never go through They're going to get angry, and they and, and they do. Literally. I got to the point where oh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I was I was around my buddies, Mike, Mike Wilkerson. Shout out Stellium Seven, by the way. Go and look at his channel. He does some great stuff on Titans. And uh, we was we was around, and he, and he sort of encouraged me to make a song about it. So why don't you make one of them country songs that where you just like so pissed off with all of these people that you can't reach that you want to. Uh, and I and sort of I don't want to talk about NASA was born then. It's like you know every time I open my stupid mouth. Something about NASA comes flying out. I don't want to talk about NASA. It's just like this this, this, this country song where it just goes through. It's like, they believe the, the what, what's the line of the song? When I, oh, God, you'd have to listen to the song. When it's, it's just, uh, it's the, the guy's frustration of trying to tell people the truth. And, uh, and everyone just believes the TV papers. Just, they, you know. Yeah, yeah, because they, that's exactly, yeah, because they believe the papers and the TV instead. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, 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 again, it's a comedy song and people look at it on that level, but when you really know, when you've really tried to, to tell people this stuff and you know, it's, it's that you can see what I'm trying to say in that song. There's always an underlying narrative in my songs, like you get the passion where I'm coming from, right? Right, totally. Um, speaking of passion, I told you so, you put so much in that one, because that's like a, 
a, a, a mass of different theories you just rammed it in there I told you so you prick I told you yeah. I told you so that's exactly yeah you got it you got it right there you got it it was basically seeing all this stuff unfold and it's like I fuck, I, this is what I was saying like years ago about it see I told I told I fuck it I told, I told but no one listens no one listens it's really really hard but this is why I use music as a communicate uh, to communicate because my family won't listen to me. Even my friends, you know, I don't have those school friends. My, my All my friends are woke now, thank fuck. But I had a period where I had friends that were, I was trying to get this stuff. And I'm like, see, you see, you see, fucking told you. So it was time to write that song. Remember when I told you about the new world order. And I, and I specifically had in my mind as well, I, mean, I remember being in the car with my brother, trying to tell him about the Georgia Guidestones, uh -huh. trying to tell him about the fluoride in the water. And I remember him looking at me from the driver's seat, man. Uh -huh. like, just, like, making me feel like I was a prick. Like, and he just thought, so that's why there's so much passion in that song. Like, remember when I told you about the Georgia Guidestones? Remember that? Uh -huh. It's like really uh -huh. fucking shouting. You know, Do you fuck? You know uh -huh. it's, it, it, again, I use music as a, as a way to, Get our frustration in a way, so um, it's very therapeutic. I can tell you that. Well, totally. Even just listening to it, therapeutic, you know, um, for being because I've yeah. been your because we all feel the same. We, we've all been through it. We're all like, look, here's a bunch of things I've been saying for years, and it's all coming true. Yeah. So I hate to say it, but I told you so. I mean, you can't help but say I told you so, can you? Right? I mean, I can't, but so that's why I had to make that song, and it resonated with so many people. I'm glad I made it. Really, I didn't think it would be as, as as, as you know, as fast growing as it has been, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very glad I made that. And then I don't know, I usually just do about an hour, so maybe you want to come back sometime. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the 432 Hertz album you made and the process behind mm -hmm. that, and the kind of what the difference is between the 440 and the 432. How would you explain that to somebody who hadn't heard it? And you know, because it's like, wow, well, it's something. It's, it's, it's a difficult. It's one of them things that you can't learn overnight. It's like trying to trying to explain the bullet points of flat Earth to be. They have to almost. They have to go away and do their own research into the manipulation of music. Um, You've got a video called the Bastardization of Music on your channel. Yeah, I've, I've made a couple of videos on my channel about uh, about this, this this idea, and I've tried to get it into sort of ten minute videos and five minutes. I tried to make it sort of you know. Uh, sort of condensed as possible, but it's quite a vast thing. It's trying to look, get like the globe deception in five minutes. You can't really do it. It's, it's, you're gonna have to like trust me and go and do a bit of research on it. There's a book called um, Before Forty Enigma, I think it's called by Elsie Lewis or something like that. And it's only a little, very very thin book, and it kind of explains why we were using four three two before, why we're using four forty now, who was responsible, why the change was made, the, the spiritual implications of it all. Um, who funded it? That kind of thing. Um, the Rockefellers would be behind the, the, the were funding the, the change from four three two to four forty. So that should be a huge red flag. Uh, yeah. Cymatically, you can look you can look at the difference between four three two and four forty and see that you know if we are made up of seventy percent water, then cymatically, I would like my my water to be behaving in those sort of uh, you know coherent patterns rather than the the muddy ones we see with four forty hertz. Yeah, I've had incredible feedback from this album as well. Um, this is the album we're talking about, by the way. It's called uh, True Soul Fair Geo, if I can get it in. Yeah. And it's basically an album of instrumentals, and it's all tuned to 432 hertz, and it uses embedded solfeggio frequencies in it as well. Um, and 
what I can say is from my experience, from the feedback I've got, I've probably sold about a thousand of these albums, not a lot, but um, I don't ask for feedback, but people give me feedback. People will, will email me privately or on Facebook and say that their children um, will sleep when this album's on, when no other music will do. Their pets are calm when no other music will do that. Uh, their plants are growing exponentially when, when, they, when they put this, but no other music would do Or some guy, he always had a problem with uh, pent-up anger and... Um, uh, aggression, and he said that, that when he listened to this, he, he was in floods of tears. And so there's something about this, you know, from a science, science from, from, I've done, my, you know, a scientific experiment, if you like, by making this album and putting it out there, engaging the feedback. And all I can say is there's got to be something to it from the feedback I've been getting. And when you start looking into the conspiracy bit, who's behind it, why they changed it, there's a there there. It's not something I can explain in five minutes, but. They have bastardized our music from a, uh, from a tuning perspective, from a frequency perspective, um, because they, they attack everything. It's a multi-pronged attack. They attack the air, they attack the language, they attack the food, they attack the water. That, they, you, you think they don't attack the music? Or well, absolutely they do. 100% they do. So if you do a bit of research on the change from 432 hertz to 440 hertz, try not to use search engines like Google, because they won't offer you much. Um, when you know that Google is censoring this information, you know that there's a there there. So uh, it's fascinating to me, and I make all my music in 432 hertz. And I know that I get um, something special out of it. Uh, I know there's a conspiracy there. I'm a musician. I feel it. I feel the difference. I feel the sustain. Uh, and I get all the goosebumps and everything with, you know, it's, it's how music should be. It should be in the, the, this frequency that has, seems to have a relationship with the golden ratio and, uh, and nature and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful conspiracy. It certainly opened my eyes and certainly changed the frequency that I make my music in now. And uh, I think this is the proof I get an, an awful lot of feedback about that. And um, so I think I'm on the right track with it, certainly. Well, it's all about dissonance, isn't it? Because it's not harmonic to the human body. So like punk sounds and stuff will have that extra rawness to it, but it creates that angst. And that's not necessarily a good thing for humans to feel, you know? I was listening to your interview with Santos Bonacci and you played a, a track from it. So I was kind of doing something else on the computer and I was listening to an interview and then that music came on. And I didn't really know, know, I wasn't paying attention to where it came from. All of a sudden I'm like, that's really interesting music that, you know, it kind of stuck out. So I was like, what, what is that? Because you know, like, I wasn't paying attention to how it came on. And I was like, fuck us. It's, it's, it's very strange. Yeah. Some, some of the reactions that I've been getting, it's, it's very strange. I mean, it, it, moved somebody, it moved a woman so much that she wanted to give birth to it. So she gave birth to the track number four, which is called Heart, which is like this, this heartbeat all the way through. And it's a real mellow track. The wife and I got married to that song as well. And, uh, we, had, we got married at home and we played 432 hertz music all throughout the day. And the... the the atmosphere in our home that day was something, and I, there was a guy that posted uh, a post the other day, he, he's, he was playing in his band at 440, playing this stuff, and no one was reacting, and they decided to, on stage, live on stage, tune their instruments to 432, they started playing, and they started to see a different reaction within the crowd. Wow, that's amazing. Like, so this, this, there, there's something to it. I mean, I can't quite put my, yes, you can look at cymatics, yes, you can look at this. The experiment that I've done, there are um, there are actually scientific experiments, and I've got a, um, a uh, like a scientific experiment that was done with about a half a dozen people using these solfeggio healing frequencies, and they saw 
uh, health benefits after listening to the, these particular frequencies. I mean, you could start shouting placebo, placebo, placebo. You would have, I would want to see better studies done with split testing and that kind of thing. But um, from what I've seen so far, it's like now I, I see 440 as this. Like, I don't want to put the radio on in my car. I don't want to listen to CDs from the mainstream. It's like, I know that's like, I see it like as 440 hertz as being the fluoride of the music industry. It's like this dirty, stressful sound. When you start looking into the numerology of 44, 44, or 440, it's like this stressful. It always means work or stress or something like that. It's like all these, these little red flags for me keep popping up. It's like, well, I know I'm doing the right thing, so I'll continue to do it. I think 44 is kill and murder as well. So, yeah, there is, it ties in so many levels, all these things. Um, that, that, that's interesting because, you know, when you get these uh, teenagers that listen to nothing but thrash metal in 440 hertz and then all of a sudden they have a need to go kill themselves or their friends for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, it's a conspiracy, and I love conspiracies. You ever seen a movie called Lucy and the Pussycats? It's, you should watch no, it. Juicy and the Pussycats. It's like about a teenage uh, girl band, and it's all about how they put subliminal messages into the CDs that they do. They've all got this control center. It's very, very revealing, but it's done in a fun, light-hearted movie. So it's worth the watch. Yeah, I bet, I bet there's a lot of truth to that oh, as well. Right. There's been a lot of whistleblowers that have, that have spoken about what goes on you behind closed Pod, doors. Michael John Todd, who used to work in the industry, and he said they used to do there you go witchcraft i was just about to say that john todd yeah they were doing the uh, the rituals over the master yeah. of the cd you know and uh, god knows if that has any power they certainly believe it does that's what they do uh but yeah there's some there's some horrific things going on in the in the industry uh and we could probably talk about that for hours what's what's, what's going on in lyrically and musically with the music that we listen to and the cia ops and the, all the stuff coming out of tavistock the beatles and yeah. zappa and all of that stuff yeah. it's just it, it's music is not what most people think it is and uh sad, uh, thankfully I'm, I'm waking up to that yeah. well they say lucifer was uh, the, god, the, the god of music or whatever the angel of music you know lucifer the fallen devil whatever one of your songs you actually say you found that the devil was real what did you mean by that? I found out that that guy's real, and I'll tell you, man, that's a bitter pill. <laughs> uh, because, I, I don't know what I meant by that. It's, I think I think it was coming to the discovery that this is a created realm. If it's a created realm, and we've been lied to about the globe, then there must be a creator. And it seems that the powers that be are doing everything they can to discredit this said creator. Um, they're trying to hide the creator's existence they're trying to they're trying to keep you as far removed from god as possible let alone what they're doing with these uh mrna messenger of oh my man that's that's another so I th it's kind of like there's evil at it. it was kind of my my way of recognizing that there is such evil in the world that most people can't see you have to recognize the evil you have to recognize these bad guys in the world yeah. doing really fucking bad things yeah. and i think i recognize that shit there's a whether there's a devil whether i don't think there's a man with horns and a, and, a, and a pitch, but I don't think that, but I, I recognize the evil, like, like, you know, that was a bit of pill. I think that's what I was trying to say in that line, you know, when I found out that that, that that guy was real. That guy, whatever you want to call him, the devil, there's just, 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 just this evil. It's there and it's working, or, you know, it's doing its thing, isn't it? And I recognize that most people don't. Well, I tend to think that this, you mentioned spiritual war either before or after, but basically this is a spiritual war and the evil is showing itself and it's up to the people then to 
you know, be good. It's a choice. Are you going to follow the evil or are you going to stand up for good? And it's, as the evil becomes more apparent, it's almost like the creator is allowing the evil to serve the purpose to wake the rest of us up to stand against the evil kind of thing. And maybe throughout all many lifetimes, maybe we all play different sides throughout history and our souls here to play all sides of it. But right now, the evils in the world, and if you have any conscience or heart, it's your duty to stand up, I think, and do something, you know? Most people, a lot of people won't see it. There's a quote that I love by Da Vinci who says, there are three classes of people. Those that see, those that see when they are when they are shown, and those that do not see. There will always be yeah. that class of people that just for whatever reason, even though you put it right in their face, this is what we're doing, and they're pretty much doing that. We're writing about it. We've even got books on fucking Amazon. We're showing you. We're telling you. Go look on the CDC website. We're telling you what we're doing, and they still will never see it. They will never see it, ever, 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 ever. So there's always going to be. So I think this is like a culling in a way. It's like, you know, you almost have to there, there may be a brilliant plan behind this whole thing there may be like there's a, a good well-intended reason for all of this i can't see it but you know i i, I grab onto a little bit of hope but uh, maybe these people don't deserve to be around if they can't see that they are being fucked on a daily basis and they still can't see it like who needs them, them kind of people around uh, well i certainly don't i mean i'm quite vocal in that I mean, I do have empathy and, you know, got to have some of that and you understand the brainwashing and the life war of attrition on them. But after 18 months of this, if you've not figured out that, you know, there's maybe some mistruths coming out of the radio and to even want to question it, that's the thing that gets me, the just total non-questioning, you're an idiot. Well, you deserve what's coming, basically. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to have to get the fallout of that when people start getting ill around them more and more because even the football deaths and stuff are in your face and they still don't see it though that's the, that's it. it's right there i mean people are literally dropping like flies on the fucking football field <laughs> and, and like how many hundreds of athletes have we lost now clutching their chest live on tv <laughs> and 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 we're not asking questions as there's no inquiry or people don't see or could this possibly be from the backs <laughs> well, I, I just i just manly tissy is at least speaking out he's an ex-football player who's saying there should yeah. be at least some kind yeah. of you know, inquiry at least. Hello. <laughs> so, Alex, I've had you for an hour. It's been a, a pleasure. You're welcome to come on at any time. We'll maybe talk about that um, after the show. Is there anything? That was quick. Today? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, if you anything you want to wrap up on at this stage, any work you're coming out with soon, or anything you like to promote? No, not really. I mean, uh, if if you want to find out more about my work, you have to remember three words: conspiracy, music guru if you put that into itunes you'll find me put it into youtube probably youtube is the best place because you can see all the visuals all my my music videos which are quite entertaining and thought-provoking so conspiracy music guru on youtube is the best place to find me and then you can look at my links in the descriptions if you want to look at the music and that but uh no i mean i just want to leave you with uh, question everything because uh because when you when you do you you'll never again believe what you've been taught great stuff cool man if you want to hang around i'll speak to you after we go off air and everyone else, thank totally, mate. Will do. Thanks very much for watching. I appreciate your time, and we'll be back again sometime soon. Cheers for now. Bye bye. Cheers.